Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, we're coming up on Thanksgiving week. And since I can never depend on the pastor to do a, a seasonal message, he has, he has surprised me a few times lately. So we can't depend on him for a seasonal message. I decided that we would just have a Thanksgiving message tonight. How about that? Okay. Amen. And, and um, you know, it's just a good, it's going to be a good reminder. I had, used to have a dermatologist that was Jewish. And Dr. Cullen, when I would go to him, the first time I met him, he just regaled me of stories about his children and his grandchildren. He pointed me to a wall that was full of his grandchildren's pictures. And he said, this is, this is why I tell my children I have not killed them when they were growing up as teenagers in anticipation of this. But he, he said something I thought was really fun. He said, I love Thanksgiving. I said, really? And he goes, yes, it's the only holiday where the entire family gets together and you don't have to buy presents. <laughs> so, folks, there's some good stuff out there at Thanksgiving <laughs> that you haven't even considered just yet. Hallelujah. But you know what? Thanksgiving should be a part of our lives every day. But the first Thanksgiving, as we all know, came about during the time of the pilgrims. You know, and in that day, you know, they, they were people who had come to this continent for a specific reason. They were looking for some religious freedom. They were looking to, to, to go to a place where they could worship and serve God as they knew it to be. And they needed to get out from under the bondage they were in and the countries they were leaving. And it's too bad that we live in a society today that is not aware of God like they once were. And it's too bad that we've gone from a, from a society of being grateful and thankful for what we have to a society of people who think that they're owed something, that I deserve this, I deserve that, where's mine? You know, and that's what it's become. But it's always been interesting to me that people celebrate Thanksgiving and yet they won't thank God. Who are you thanking? I mean, when you stop and think about it, what's thanks? Thanksgiving was about thanking God. So if you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, who, and you don't believe in God, who are you thanking? Are you thanking your boss? Are you thanking the government? Are you thanking your, your family? I mean, who, who are you thanking? You know, it just amazes me that people do not put two and two together. What is the point of having thanksgiving if it's not to recognize the one who is the giver of every good gift? You know, and so, you know, the first, the first day of Thanksgiving was back in 1863. Lincoln declared, the, I think it was the 4th of November. It was a Thursday in case you didn't know that. It was a Thursday. And he, he declared that day as a day of Thanksgiving. And uh, it became an official holiday in 1941. And this country has celebrated ever since. And it's a Thanksgiving totally unique to America. You know, because, because really when you stop and think about it, no matter what people today say, this country was founded because people were looking for a place to go serve God in freedom without somebody telling them what they could do, where they could do it, when they could do it, how they could do it. 
They came looking for a place where they could serve God openly and freely. You know, and, and it's, it's just sad that we don't have that still today. But you know, as believers, you know, it goes much more, it goes so far beyond just a single day of the year. You know, and we all know that we just need to be reminded of that. But uh, it's amazing to me that, that we find ourselves in, in times of our lives that we forget to be thankful. You know, over in Psalm 103, let's go over there. And if I can wrap this up a little earlier, I'll, earlier than I'm thinking I might, I want to give you an opportunity to just, just take an opportunity to say what you're thankful for. And I don't mean just some little minor or something, but I'm, th- I'm talking about something that, that, that's a deep thanks. You know, and as we get through talking about all this, I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, in Psalm 103, David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Isn't it nice he said it twice? Because sometimes we have to tell ourselves that more than once. Bless the Lord, O my soul. But you will bless the Lord. And he goes on, he says, Forget not all of his benefits. And then he begins to list some of those benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Anybody's life been redeemed from destruction? Hallelujah. I'm telling you what. There are things that you're aware of. How God has redeemed you from destruction. And there are things that you won't know that he redeemed you from. That he saved you, preserved you from. Until you get to heaven. When he pulls back the curtain of time and lets you have a little reel-to-reel version of what happened at certain times in your life that you were never even aware of. He redeemed my life from destruction. He who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. But you go back to verse 2, it says, and forget not all his benefits. You know, to, to forget something means that you had to have heard about it first. And the reason some people aren't thankful is because they've never heard. They, oh, they thank God for their salvation. They thank God that they're going to heaven. They thank God that in his mercy he reached down and he sent a Savior, that, he, he, that Jesus came and he died for them and they're on their way. But they don't Know about all of his benefits. If you go to work for a company, one of the things you want to know about is the benefits package. You want to know, okay, I, don't, I want to know what I'm going to get paid, but I want to know what benefits goes along with it. Because, you know, there are some jobs that the pay is not gr- so great, but the benefits are wonderful. And then you go to another job, the pay is good, but there are no benefits. You know, and so you begin in life just to weigh those things out. But I'm telling you what, with God, you get the pay, you get the benefits. You get it all. But if you don't get it, if you don't know about it, if you don't participate in the benefits package, you won't ever experience the benefits that he's provided for you. So we need to find out those things. But once you have discovered them in the word, you don't need to forget them. There are times, I have to admit, that we all find ourselves in places where we become doom and gloom, you know, and and our focus becomes on everything that's wrong instead of everything that's right. Let me tell you, all the good that that is in our lives far outweighs the challenges we're facing. 
If you put them on a scale, the challenges are up here and the benefits are weighing down here. And yet, sometimes all we can focus on are the challenges. It says, don't forget his benefits. When you remember his benefits, the scale is like it ought to be. You know, weighed down heavily on the good side. And this over here is just insignificant. You ever gotten on a scale, uh, an actual weight scale? I had to do that earlier this week. It's not fun. But you know what? As those things, as that little bar keeps getting moved back further that way, you get happier and happier. God is moving the bar back all the time. And it's up to us to see that we're getting happier and happier with the results that we see in it. Hallelujah. But but honestly, there are times we develop spiritual Alzheimer's. We forget. We forget. I mean, to listen to some people and to see the looks on their faces, sometimes I'm going, who do you belong to? What word have you been hearing for 20 years, 20 plus years? What has God talked to you about? What has he said to you? What has he brought you through? What has he done for you? How many times has he come through over and over again when you had to know without a shadow of a doubt that it was God working in your life? What what happened to you? Seriously. My face should be a reflection of my heart, and my heart should be one of reflecting his, his goodness. And when it's doing that, I can say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for all your blessings. Thank for you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, when I see some people, I know you've forgotten. You've forgotten. You've forgotten who you are. You've forgotten whose you are. You've forgotten what he's done for you. He, you've forgotten what he's doing in you. You've forgotten what he's doing through you. You have forgotten. You have laid it all aside and just totally forgot it because you're so focused on everything that's wrong. And as long as you're focused on everything that's wrong, you'll never see the answer that's right in front of you. Never. You know, the children of Israel, when you go back and you look through all the books of Genesis and stuff and, and Exodus and more of the other books, you will see there were so many times when the children of Israel, something major happened in their lives. It started with Abraham. You know, when there was something that God spoke, God was, did something significant at any particular time, they stopped and they built a memorial there, not to camp out there. But when they needed, when they came by the next time, they would see that and they would go, oh, yes, this is what God did for us. This is, it put them in remembrance. You can't live in the past, either the past that's good or the past that's bad, but you can remember the things and, and get yourself to a place where you go back and rehearse the good things that God has done to encourage you to keep looking forward. What he's done in the past, he will do in the future. What he's done before, he's doing now. It's not just an either or. You know, we have a now to experience right now in the things of God. We need to be building some memorials right now of the good things he's doing in our lives so that five years from now we can look back and go, oh, man, that was wonderful, and now he's going to do it again. They used to sing us, Raymond Singers and Band used to sing a song called, He'll Do It Again. He'll do it again. 
I'm telling you what, you know, if I could sing it, I would right now, but I don't remember all the words well enough to do that, and you don't want to hear it, you know, out of me. We would have to get the tape and, and play it for you. But, uh, you know, they did that on purpose so that they would not forget. And yet, just like we do sometimes, they were a people who constantly were forgetting what God had done for them. Why else would you turn to something other than him? Except that you had forgotten what a big God he is. What a great God he is. What a mighty God he is. What a delivering God he is. I mean, why? Except that they just forgot. But, you know, those memorials were there to remind them. They could not pass by them without looking and and acknowledging that God did something at a specific time in a specific way. And I can't, I can't speak for them, but I can only say, you know, just what I know of people and human nature is that sometimes we look at those things and we go, uh, big deal. It was a big deal. And yet sometimes we count it as very insignificant. We don't give it the, the importance that it needs in our lives. I mean, I, you know, when it comes to birthdays, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm racking up quite a few of them, but that's a good thing. Somebody, my, I, I have a sister who, I mean, she just was like, just beside herself when we, when she turned 40. Now, she's only 18 months older than I am. So, uh, so she's reached some of those milestones, obviously, every time ahead of me, but none of them were really, you know, like, she wasn't thrilled about any of them. Personally, I'm thrilled about every birthday. Because I know the alternative to that could have been that I stopped having birthdays a long time ago. And the enemy would have liked that. But I'm here to tell you, I'm going to rack up a whole bunch more. We're going to keep adding to the birthdays. You know, but I do that sometimes by remembering what God has done for me and how he's delivered me and what he's done before. If it's necessary, he'll do it again. Amen. You know, his benefits are so incomparable to what this world says it has. I mean, you can't, if you put a comparison on his benefits and what the world can offer you, there is no comparison. I mean, what you get out of this world is so temporary, so fleeting, so apt to pass away, so apt to change tomorrow. But when God puts the benefits in place, they're an eternal package. They're meant for you to have here. They're meant for you to enjoy here. They're meant for you to take into eternity with you, to enjoy them forever and ever and ever and ever, and only to get greater. Uh, they're not going to change. They're not going to He's not going to discontinue them. You know, some, some benefits come with, with certain things, and, and yet there's a time limit on them. God just has no time limit on anything that he's provided for us. Um, go with me to 2 Peter 1.3. Hallelujah. This time of year, it is so easy for us to get caught up with the holidays. It's so easy for us to get caught up with the natural things of this life and of this particular time of year. But I'm telling you what, we need to keep our focus in the right place. And it says here in verse, uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3, According as his divine power has given unto us 
all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. All those things, I've got in the margin here, all the things, those things, everything that heaven enjoys, that's what he's called us to. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. His benefits are like a bloom on a plant. You know, I, I, this time of year, I always think of a pastor's mom. She had, she loved flowers. I mean, oh, goodness. Anytime she, she ever moved, it was like get the truck just for the plants, you know, because the, there were so many of them. But this time of year, she was always especially fond of her Christmas cactus. You know, and, and you could just see this time of year, she'd get really excited. Oh, they're, they're going to be blooming soon. The little buds would start to form, you know, and she'd say, here they come. You know, and she would just be so excited about that, those Christmas cactuses every year when they would put on a bloom. And let me tell you, God's, God's benefits, his plans are just like those blooms on those flowers. The more you water it, the more you fertilize it, the, that is with your thanks. That's how you fertilize it. Is with your thanks. The more you fertilize it, the more thankful we become because we see more and more from the word what they really mean. Do you know you can look at healing and go, oh, that's good. That's good healing. But I'm telling you what, when you become thankful for healing, when you become thankful every single day for the provision he's made for healing, I tell you what, it's like that bloom on that flower. It just begins to open up to you. There's, a, there's an aroma that comes with the sweetness of the things that God has provided for us. There's something magnificent about just, just looking at the fact that healing belongs to me. But it's because it comes from a place of gratitude that just the revelation of it, the 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 knowing, the certainty of it becomes so much more real. You know, you can look at that, the buds on, the, on those plants. And I know Miss Helen loves her roses. You know, and you just see that little tiny bud beginning, beginning to form. And, you just, and over the days go by, you just begin to see it open up more and more. Listen, the more thankful you are for the Word of God, the more and more it opens up to you. And it becomes something that you just look at and marvel at how beautiful it is, how wonderful it is, how magnificent it is, how complete it is, how perfect it is. And I'm telling you what, Thanksgiving will do that for you. When you begin to look at anything in his word with thankfulness, it will become more and more available to you, more and more apparent to you, more and more obvious to you. And you'll enjoy it more and more. Hallelujah. And we need to become more thankful than ever. Thankfulness has to be a part of our lives. Go with me to Ephesians 4. You're not too far away from there. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. No, I'm sorry. Chapter 6, verse 4. Hallelujah. Nope, that's not right. You know, this is why you should always check your, your, your references before you come out here. This is probably pretty good. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. That's probably a good thing to thank God for. Yeah, okay. That's not the one I was looking for. Nope, 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 nope. That's not it. Hallelujah. Oh, here it is, verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Listen, when you begin to, to thank God for that, for the fact that he gave himself for us, 
that he made himself to be a sacrifice, it becomes sweet-smelling, just like that rose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We need to focus on the fact that we're blessed. And when we do that, we find it easier not to focus on the things that are challenging us. We're not trying to get, get our attention. We need to get our attention off of, off of what is going on around us and get our attention back on what has, God has provided for us. Hallelujah. There's a, and you know, there's a lot of little, little things that people put on plaques and cards and sayings. And, and one of the most, like home is where the heart is, you know, that kind of thing. Well, there's one that's going around right now that's, that's thankful, grateful, and blessed. Cindy Black and I were having to talk about this a year ago. And so, you know, I thought, thankful, grateful, blessed. Okay, is that like all the same kind of thing? But then I got to looking. Let me tell you, there is some differences here. There are grateful. This is what the dictionary has to say about the word grateful. It indicates a warm or deep appreciation of personal kindness as shown to one. Can you imagine anything, can you think of anything that God has put in your life that's a personal kindness? Hmm. When you stop and think of it, you know, people have said, and it's true, that if you were the only person that needed salvation, Jesus would have been sent and would have gladly come just for you. And there are times that we need to go back and look at all the blessings of God as they are. They're a personal benefit, a personal kindness that had been shown to me. Amen. You can say amen. Has God personally shown you kindness? If I didn't get 100% amen on that, I'm wondering why. Has God shown you personal kindness? Then that's where our gratefulness comes from, is the, is the knowledge that he has personally been kind to me. I'm grateful that he chose to look down through the ages. And he didn't stop in 1600. He didn't stop in... 1900, but he looked all the way down to 1953, and he saw me, and he, the day I was born, and he said, I want to show her my personal kindness. What day were you born? That was the day he chose to show you his personal kindness in demonstration. It was already a fact the day Jesus bore everything on the cross the day he was crucified, the day he was raised, the, way he, the day he w- went to heaven, the day he was seated at the right hand of he, all the It was accomplished back then. But I'm telling you what, he wanted to put it in demonstration in your life, and he started doing so the day you were born. Actually, the day you were conceived, if you really want to go back that far. So many of you, the enemy tried to take your life before you were born, and he protected you. And so he, he began to demonstrate his kindness to you, from the day you were conceived. Isn't that wonderful to know? 
when you start to think of it in terms of, if you start to think of God's goodness as something so personal, you get to a place where you become very grateful for that because life could be so different if God had not displayed himself and shown his kindness to us, your life would not look like it looks today. You think, well, my life isn't so great. Excuse me? Really? It's not as great as it's going to be, but it could be so much worse if it weren't for God in your life right now. Him, him working with you. Hallelujah. And then thankful, the word thankful, indicates a disposition to express gratitude by giving thanks as to a benefactor. There is often a sense of deliverance as well as of appreciation. I'm telling you what, folks, we have been delivered from so many things. We have been delivered out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Marvelous light. I mean, Darkness surrounds you. Do you ever look around at people who don't know Jesus and just, just look at them and just go, how can you live in such darkness when there's so much light? There's so much light that God has for you. And yet people do it all the time. You know, that's why it's important for us to shine our light everywhere we go. He's called us out of that darkness into his marvelous light. Not just his good light, his marvelous light. His marvelous light. He's called us into that place. He's taken us out of that kingdom of darkness and placed us into that kingdom of light. My goodness. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just if you can remember back to when you did not know God, if you could remember back to when you were not familiar with what he's done for you and where you are now and what you know, how your eyes have been opened, how you see so much more than you've ever seen before, how you're constantly seeing more every single day. Oh, what a place for thankfulness. But, that, but that, that was just interesting to me that grateful, you know, a, a deep appreciation and thankfulness being an expression of that gratitude. We need to live in a place where we're thankful every single day. Not just grateful, but thankful. Thankful of everything he's done for us. Hallelujah. And then it says blessed, divinely or supremely. I don't think I wrote that down right. Divinely, well, the, the key words here was divinely and supremely. You know, good things are in your life. Because I have to understand that. Everything I have in my life comes from God. Everything. You know, I did not get it from my own two hands. I am not a self-made person. I have not done it by my own bootstraps. I have not done it on my own. Everything that I have has come from him. Everything that I am is because of him. Everything I will ever do is because he enables me. He equips me. He guides me. He gives me answers. He's my counselor. When I need somebody to, to, to go to, he's there. He's always there. Everything I have is divinely given to me. 
So you need to be grateful. And then you need to be thankful. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's really just kind of sometimes uh, just to say thank you ordinarily to other people has just become a, just a, you know, just so much, just a common courtesy. Thank you. Thank you. And because we say thank you so much to people, it really doesn't always have much of a, of a meaning. It's just, nah. Hello, goodbye. It's, it's just not um, heartfelt. You know, and, and um, this is one of my little soapboxes here. When I say thank you to somebody, I don't want them to say no problem. I want them to say you're welcome. Because to say no problem means it was no skin off their teeth. It was They didn't do anything. It was like, no big deal. You ever catch yourself doing that? I, you know, I, I find myself trying, starting to do that. But like today, I opened the door for this little lady, you know, at a store. She was trying to push a card out. She was trying to hold the door open. It was not one of those automatic doors. So she's trying to hold the door open and push a card out. And, and, and I opened the door. She said, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. You need to say thank you and mean it. You need to say you're welcome, not no problem. You know, we, we go to God with some of that same kind of thing sometimes. Where it's like, thank you, Lord. You know, it's just, just kind of haphazard, off the cuff. doesn't really mean anything. Listen, I need a good parking place. When I get one, thank you, Lord. I acknowledge that. You know, it might be, I need this to be on sale. Thank you, Lord. These are small things, but small things add up to big things. If you can't be grateful and thankful for the small things, how grateful or thankful you are for the big things? Do you count as just something less just like, ah, so-so, no problem. God's not looking up there saying, oh, no problem. No problem. When I say thank you, Lord, he is, he is gratified by the fact that I said thank you. And he will never look at me and say, no problem. Now, when I take my problems to him, he goes, no problem. That's when I want to hear no problem. You ever been to Jamaica? Anybody ever been to Jamaica? Okay, yeah. Down there, you know, it's always, no problem, man, no problem, no problem. I got so, the one time we went down there, we were only there for about six, six days, and I got so tired of hearing, no problem, man. Everything was, no problem. I need you to do this, no problem, but they wouldn't do it, you know. You're in this hotel, you know, and you need something, and then you know, they go, no problem. You know, two hours later, you might get it. See, God's not that way. When he says, no problem, I got this, he got it right then. You know, there's no waiting. There's no asking twice. He's got it right then. You don't have to keep bugging him. He's got it. Anyway, that's just a little soapbox here. Sorry. <laughs> but if you're not grateful for something, you won't appreciate it. You will not. If you won't, let me put it this way. If you aren't grateful and prepared to be thankful and to express that thankfulness, what it indicates is you do not value what you've been given. You don't value it. I can just, just thanks, or I can say thank you. 
What are you doing where God's concerned? Do you value what he's given you? Do you value the price he paid to give it to you? My sweet husband went to Columbia in 2001, and I got aggravated with him because he spent like $1,100 to buy this little pouch of about six emeralds. Now, Columbia is known as one of the emerald capitals of the world. Beautiful. It is the number one producer of, of emeralds in the world. And so I'm going, you did what? You know, $1,100 on, on, I mean, I didn't value those things. $1,100? So there was like three small ones and three, you know, good size ones. One was bigger than the other two. And, of course, I wound up with the biggest one, obviously. And the other two went to my two daughter-in-laws. And the smaller ones that we're still keeping, probably going to do something for Mia, maybe some earrings or something one day. And uh, so, anyway, I just looked at them and you know, it's just a bunch of green rocks. You spent $1,100 on these? Really? I mean, come on. I know they're emeralds, but, you know, you can go buy emeralds anywhere. Well, I took that one big one, and I had it put it in a ring. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. But I didn't value it a whole lot, you know. So one day, you know, he says, what are you going to do something? I, I should have worn it, yeah. Um, but I didn't think about this little example until just now, so that's why I didn't wear it. Thank you very much. But anyway, I didn't put much value on it. So one day he's going, are you ever going to do anything with that emerald? And I said, oh, okay. Well, so I went, we started looking for a, a setting to put it in. And I, I finally found something in, in uh, Julie Strover in Thornbrook, I think it was. And, and so it was just a plain little setting with a little half-moon diamond on, on each side. And we put, had this emerald. It's kind of a little square princess cut kind of thing. And put that in there. went, oh, that, that's really pretty. I mean, it's a beautiful piece of stone. I mean, it's clear, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, I think it's about, uh, yeah, maybe it is, I don't know. But anyway, it's, uh, it's a beautiful green. I mean, I love green. So it's a gorgeous ring. And uh, so I'm thinking, that, that's, that's pretty, you know. And so one day he said, you know, and for insurance purposes, maybe you should have that appraised. And so I took it down thinking, oh, you know, it'll be a few hundred dollars. You know, when I got the appraisal back, I went, oh, my word. It was like over $11,000. Just for that, I'm thinking, huh, I value that thing a whole lot more now. A whole lot more. I would have had a better appreciation for it years before had I understood what that thing was valued at. That's the problem with a lot of Christians is they don't know the value of what they've got in their hands. You tell me what value is right here. You tell me what value is in here. What has it done for you? Has it changed your life? Has it changed your destiny? Has it changed your family? Has it changed your body? Has it changed your marriage? Has it changed the way you look at life? And yet we don't value it nearly enough to say, thank you, Lord, for the word. And to spend some time with it. I enjoy wearing that ring these days. Enjoy it. Because it's so valuable. 
And it's nothing compared to this. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But that's the problem is people don't value what's in here. They don't value the difference it can make in their lives if they just see past the fact that it's just black and white on, you know, paper. It's just a book. No, it's the Word of God. It's something that God spent hundreds of years putting together for you and me. Hundreds of years. There are people who didn't have the benefit of taking this as a whole and looking at it and reading it and letting God speak to them out of this and letting it change their lives, change the way they see things, change the way they think, change the way they act, change the way they feel, change everything. There's value. It cost. It cost God a lot to give us this. It cost him a lot to give us Jesus. And we need to give it the value that it deserves by being thankful. Hallelujah. There are so many things we can, we can be thankful for. Ephesians 1.3 says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. 1 Peter 2.9 says, show That we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You can go on and on. I got to, I, I got to looking today in, in a, my PC study Bible on my computer, and I just put the phrase in, Give thanks. And I tell you what, there's a whole lot of things to give thanks, but David principally wrote psalms that had that term, give thanks, give thanks. And, and, and I won't read all of them to you, but there's oh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 places in the book of Psalms where he says specifically to give thanks. Here's some examples of them. 18, Psalm 18, 49. Therefore, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. You know, it's right for you to give thanks to God among the heathen. When somebody asks you, you know, why your life is like it is, that's your opportunity to give thanks among the heathen. When you go somewhere and you have an opportunity to testify, it's a good time to give thanks among the heathen for what God has done for you. They need to hear it. They need to hear it. Uh, Psalm 75, verse 1, unto thee do we give thanks. Psalm 92, 1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto his name. Psalm 107, verse 1, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. You see that recurring, that whole phrase, many times. Uh, Psalm 119, 62, at midnight I will rise to give thanks. You ever had a midnight in your life? It's not just 12 o'clock. There are some times and some circumstances that look like midnight in your life. That's the time. At midnight I will give thanks. I will arise and give thanks. 
Hallelujah. Psalm 140, verse 13, surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. Got any righteous in here? Well, surely the righteous will give thanks. Some Sunday mornings, I'm not sure. It's like, can I just go back to bed, please? No, you're here for a purpose. It's to give thanks unto him. Hallelujah. Um, there are so many things we need to be thankful for. And you have to get to a place where you live your life in a flow of thanksgiving. And, and there are times when you have, to, you have to fix your eyes on finding those things that you should be seeing more clearly to give God thanks for. You give thanks for him for what he's done for us. You give thanks for him for everything you find in the word. You give thanks for, I mean, we can look around and go, well, I thank God for my family. I thank God for my job. I thank God for, you know, this, for that, for the other. I thank God for my health. But, you know, look around. The things that we need to give him thanks for extend so far. We need to look around. You need, you need to thank God for your church. Kendra, do they need to thank God for the fact they go to a church that provides, that talks about healing? It makes a difference where you go to church. It makes a difference. You ought to be thankful you have a church that will explain to you the blessings of God in full and in detail. And will stand with you and expect those blessings to flow in your life. Not somebody who will tell you, well, you know, God will heal you if it's his will. But somebody who will stand with you and say, it is unequivocally God's will to heal you every time, all the time, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the disease, no, no matter what. It's his will to heal. You ought to be grateful to go to a place like that. You don't know how blessed you are. And if you start giving thanks for your church, maybe you'll start being a little more thankful when you come in. That there's a place you can go where God can talk to you, where God can speak to you, where God can minister to you, where God can bless you. You need to thank God for the friends that he surrounded you with. You're not your family and your coworkers necessarily, but godly friends. People who will pray for you, who will be there for you, who will support you, who will uphold you, who will speak the truth to you in love when you need it. Who care enough about you to say the hard things when they need to be said. It blesses me when I, when I, I have somebody I need to talk to about something, just maybe because God's had them on my heart or whatever, and I go to them and I, and, I, and I have to bring up something that's maybe not an easy subject to talk about. And I remember one person that, I came, that came into my office and I, and I said, I just want to know, how can I help you? What can I do for you? I know things aren't good right now. What can I do for you? And so we began to talk about some things and some things that were just, you know, just a little touchy and some things that were just not so easy to talk about because they were going to have to, there was going to have to be some decisions made to do some things a little differently. And when the, the whole conversation was done, they said to me, thank you for being willing to tell me what I needed to hear. If you've got friends like that, you need to be thankful for them. That they're not quiet. That they're not going to let you go down the wrong path. That they love you enough to talk to you about it. Not to try to tell you what to do. 
but to say, listen, listen, you know what the Word says. You know what God has done in your life. You know. And, and then to help you. Instead of being mad at them, be grateful for them. They took a chance coming to you with that. They took a chance that they would offend you. They took a chance. Your pastor takes a chance sometimes that he's going to get up in the pulpit and saying what needs to be said will offend you. But he loves you enough that he will do that. He loves you enough to say, this is what you need to be doing. He's lo- he loves you enough to say, this is what the Word says. This is what you need to be doing. These are the changes that need to be made. I've sat right there and, and wanted to curl my toes up many times. But I just put a keep, keep a straight face. Nobody knows. You know, that you're just that going, ouch, you know, that hurts, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to acknowledge that. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I want to change that. But you know you need to. Hallelujah. Listen, when times get tough, you need to be thanking God that he has made you more than a conqueror. That he's made you an overcomer in all things. That he has given you the ability to stand. That he has said that you have the strength that you need to do what needs to be done. He has equipped you in every possible way to withstand any storm the enemy throws at you. Grateful for that. You know, instead of looking at the storm, you just say, thank God you're here. Thank God you are my, my anchor. Thank God you are my fortress, my strong tower. I mean, you can go through the Bible and pick out any number of analogies that you can put on it. He's an anchor when the, when the winds are blowing, when the, when the seas are roaring. He's your strong tower when you need to get above all this stuff. He's your rock. Something sure and steady to be able to count on. Start thanking God in those times. That he is everything you need. Thank God that you're never alone. There are times when we all feel like, I'm in this all by myself. I've got nobody to turn to. I've got nobody to help me. No, he said, what did he say? He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. When Jesus left you, he said, I'm going to send another comforter just like me. And that another comforter is one now that we know as an advocate, an intercessor, a comforter, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby, and and a helper. Start thanking God for all those things that he is to you. And all the things that, that, that look wrong, suddenly you go, thank you, Lord. It's nothing. It's nothing. Why? Because you're thankful. You're grateful, and you're expressing that gratitude by being thankful, by expressing it to him. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. When it it becomes hard to get along with some people, somebody's offended you, I've been there. Have I ever been offended? Yep. Has it been obvious sometimes? Yep. Has it not been obvious? Yep. You know, you can hold a grudge and never let on. But you know what? I, have to, I need to go back and just say, thank God you have given me the capacity to forgive. You have given me the capacity to love. Your love abides on the inside of me. Love is a fruit of the recreated human spirit. And my spirit has been recreated in your image. Therefore, I can love. I can forgive. 
I can do this. Sometimes it may seem hard. There are, there are things that will hold you back in life if you don't learn to forgive. But I'm telling you what, when you start thanking God that his forgiveness has been available for you and that you can take that and you can in turn forgive someone else, it happens. It happens. You can take anything and turn it around just by being grateful and expressing that gratitude with your thanks. So is next week Thanksgiving week? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving week to the world. But I tell you what, every day, every moment of every day is Thanksgiving in the things of God. Hallelujah. Because I've got something on the inside, working on the outside. Glory to God. It makes me go back to the song Andre Crouch, who's gone home to be with the Lord. What he's saying, he said, how can I say thanks for all the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. The voices of a million angels can't express it, but my voice can. And my voice needs to. My voice has to. It has to. Isn't, isn't there a verse that said that if we won't praise him, that there will, the stones will cry out? Listen, you want the stone taking your place? I don't think so. I don't think so. The voices of a million angels cannot express to God on my behalf what I can express. And it has to come from a heart that is sincerely and truly full of gratitude for all those things. And it comes when you begin to recognize how much he's done for you. When you become to value the price he paid for those things. Ah, how can I say thanks? How can I say thanks? In our natural language, it's not possible. But thank the Lord, he's given us another method. He's given us another way to express our thanks. Just yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit, beginning to praise him and thank him in that language from heaven that he's given us. We really begin to give thanks well, as Paul said, for all those things that he's done for us. If you find yourself in a grumpy day, if you find yourself in a down time, you just need to start thanking God. Thanksgiving opens that door to the connection that you need to heaven. It's, God's already there and waiting. Your answers are there and waiting. But thankfulness, when we begin to thank him, that puts us, that connects us to the power. You can disconnect if you choose. Or you can connect. Hallelujah. Don't surround yourself with negative people. You need to surround yourself. If you find yourself in a group of negative people, you need to be the one who outshines them all with a thankful attitude. You can do that. But you know what? I saw something earlier today. It's talking about negative people. And it says negative people have a problem for every solution. Listen, God's got a solution for every problem. He's already given it to us. He's already enabled us to see it. 
and to walk in it, to enjoy it. And so we just need to be people of great thanksgiving because we're so grateful for all that he's done. I just have to read it again. Andre Crouch could not have sung it. I mean, the man was so anointed as a songwriter. How can I say thanks for all the things you've done for me? You know what? I, I, I just I thought about this earlier this afternoon when I was going through this. And, and I, I, just when it came to just people in my life, I just have to thank God for people in my life that will pray for me. You know, if there's, if there's anything that I am so grateful for, and, and I can't always, I won't always know who they are to be able to express my thanks to them for yielding to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to pray for me. But, you know, uh, it's not been that long ago that there was a situation going on in my life that I didn't even know about. And after I found out about it, then, then lo and behold, several people said, I've been praying for you lately. There's, there's not a value I can put on that. There is no value I can put on it. But I just want you to know tonight, just, I just want to remind you that there are people in your spiritual church family who are praying for you, whether you know it or not. They're praying for you. Don't ever think that somebody's not praying for you because God's always got somebody that, that he can tap to pray. Don't have to know what, what it's about. Don't have to know what the problem is. Don't have to know anything. Just they, Lord, would you pray for this person? Yes, Lord, I'll pray for that person. But anyway, back to Andre. <laughs> How can I say thanks for all the things you've done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. So I want you to go into next week the, the natural, secular world of thanksgiving and express the real thanksgiving. Be mindful in the middle of making that turkey, in the middle of putting together the salad, in the middle of baking all the things you're going to bake and do all the things you're going to do, in the middle of all the dishes you're going to have to wash. I want you to just be grateful that he's given you so much At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.